This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. We're going? Cool. All right. Welcome to Revolution, guys. I see a lot of friendly faces today. That's always nice. Good to see you all. Um, today, we're going to talk about... This is kind of a riff off something Jay's been talking about a lot recently, is, is reclaiming Christianity. So we're going to uh, talk a little bit about reclaiming some terms in Christianity and, and, and kind of go from there, I guess. Maybe, maybe reclaiming more than just the terms. I don't know. Um, I want to give a big old shout out to Kurt for helping me brainstorm this week. We brainstormed and then went to, was it the VFW? We went, <laughs> it was so weird. This is the weirdest thing ever. Uh, we went to this, I thought it was going to be like a nightclub or something, but it was the VFW. And so there were like 60-year-old men bouncing at the door. And then there was like a big 80s dance party. So we, we had a few drinks and like danced to 80s music while 80-year-old men watched. It was very strange, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and there were a lot of like very young, attractive people there. It was just a, a strange combination, but that was fun. So thank you, Kurt, for helping me brainstorm. Um, so yeah, so I, I just kind of have a handful of terms that I want to talk about maybe reclaiming from the version of this religion that I was raised with. So things, things that maybe I, I want to, I am deciding to reclaim from Christianity. Not that, not that anything has to be reclaimed. I always kind of say this. I feel like I get redundant sometimes, but not that, not that anything has to be or is, uh, quote unquote worthy of being reclaimed. But these are things that I am choosing to try to be mature enough, I guess, in my own understanding of, of myself, to be like, you know, I'm, I'm going to choose to step back in and engage with some of these things. Because um, Christianity is important to me. You know, I, I, I complain about a lot of things a lot of the time, and I can get angry. But Christianity is, it is important to me. And, and if that's fully inherited or, or a decision, I don't know, but it is. Um, and I, I will say that when, when Kurt and I brainstormed, uh, he threw at me some pretty good Altizer, Death of God related ideas, but I'm going to save those for you if you end up talking up here in a couple of weeks. So, um, so in, so I, I, I'm sure as everyone here knows, and a lot of the listeners know, uh, I was raised Southern Baptist and there's a big emphasis on like missions. Um, and in that flavor of this religion, there I think there's an implied, I wrote this down, there's an implied essential urgency of eternal consequence. So there's this, there's this, uh, there's like a required urgency, an emphasis, I guess, on eternal consequence to anything that you do, anything that you think, um, it's very potent. And I think oftentimes the way that people react to that can be well intended. Like I know that when I started deconstructing myself and I, I want to say this for, just for online listeners that I do still consider myself a Christian, despite anything that I'm about to say that may make you think otherwise. But, um, I think it's often well intended that, um, people like, like my, my mom or my very close friend who's a neo-Calvinist, um, 
they they want me to be safe, saved. They 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 worry for me because of some of my deconstruction. And I think that I, I believe I, I fully believe that it is well intended that they just they don't want me to burn in a pit forever and ever. And they fully believe that I th- or, or, or they tell themselves that they believe that. I don't know. Um, and so I think a lot of it is well intended. I want to say that just as a preface. Um, it's I think out of a desire uh, out of a desire to accomplish a lot of different things, out of a motivation, um, a conviction that is that that there is an eternal consequence for for not checking the right box or not not choosing this right finite decision, this isolatable. Is that a word? Isolatable. This <laughs> this singular finite decision. Um, I think one motivator is almost um, something adjacent to an altruistic or, or, or selfless or caring or loving. And Marie's giving me a look now. I'll define. I'm, I'm not going to define those words right now, but like, but you know what I mean. Uh, a, a a generosity. Let's let's just call it that. Maybe um, to to save other humans from a, an eternal torture that they're convinced is is going to happen if you don't make this this little choice. And uh, another thing that I think that, that ties in with that is for points for jewels on your crown for saving people for racking up how many. Oh God, I forgot about this. How, how uh, I remember this question um, like every other Sunday or so. How many people did you share the gospel with this week, brother? How many people did you bring to the Lord this month? What are your numbers? That's a church thing because I've been on church staff, um, you know, in, uh, evangelical church staff. And how? What are your numbers like? <laughs> what? Get out of here! That's absurd. Uh, I told myself I wouldn't say absurd this sermon, but that's, that's crazy, man. What are your numbers? Get out of town. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, for, for jewels, for points. Um, when I was Southern Baptist, I took a course. I don't know if you guys have this up here called two ways to live. No. Okay. So it's, it's a weird thing. It's out of Australia it's these guys who make, they make a PowerPoint presentation or maybe a flash video that you go through for like a week. It's a course that trains you how to convert people. And so we went to, we, we took this course for a week and then we went to uh, a local movie theater in Louisville, Kentucky. So it was the big city <laughs> coming from LaGrange, Kentucky to Louisville. And uh, we stood outside the theater and any innocent passerby, we would stop and, and I talked to Marie a little bit about this earlier. I don't think she realized that it was related to this course, but like, uh, do you think you're a good person? Oh, have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen? Well, there's a, there's a man in the sky who's very angry about, with you about what you've done. <laughs> uh, he sent me here to tell you about it. And it was, it was like, you know, a conversion course or a, a discipleship. What are they? No, that's not once you're converted, that's discipleship, uh, a conversion course. I don't know. Um, it's just kind of ugly. Even if you, even if you believe that, and a lot of people that I love fully subscribe to that, it's just an ugly approach. Like, gotcha. Like now you have to. You're gonna burn in hell forever and ever, unless you say these words with me. Let us pray. Bow your heads, Father. 
You know, it's, it's this weird thing. It's just kind of ugly looking. Like, conservative Christians, like, can we, can we please approach that differently? Like, keep believing what you believe. That's fine. That's fully fine. Believe in, you know, eternal salvation or damnation. But, like, maybe we could approach that a little bit differently. I don't know. That's a whole other package to open. But, um, and I think another motivator with the whole eternal consequence thing and the whole missions thing and the whole conversion thing is... Um, is it, you know, it can be obviously like anything, it can be very selfish, like almost ironically selfish to where you want to save your friends. So you have this entourage, a perfect entourage in heaven. Like, man, I want to see you there at the pearly gates. I want us to be there chilling forever in heaven, bro. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. Yeah. You know, like, I want to save you. Uh, I want you to be my roommate in heaven, bro. <laughs> I want you to be there. I want to see you there at the early gates. Um, and, and that kind of ties into my friend who I mentioned, who's a neo-Calvinist. He would call himself a Calvinist, but I don't know. I grew up with Cal- I, I would I have a refined taste for Calvinists, and I would call him a neo-Calvinist. But he, every, con- and we, we actually talked about this in Afterglow, Jay, in one, of the, in one of the first ones that we did, was he, every conversation that we get into has an underlying theme of him trying to win me back in air quotes, you know, trying to like, like, where are you at, man? Like, what are you doing? You know, what's, what's going on? And of course I'm very, uh, very involved in revolution and, and sacred collective with Brian and things like that. So, so, uh, things around Christianity come up. And so then that just kind of folds into this, this exhausting conversation to where I used to be, more uh fundamentalist than he now is or than he was then not not than he now is but but i used to be you know closer to to the same page that he's on now and so it's this thing like you know i was lost back then and now like what's going on with you and this and that and it's a weird thing to work with with calvinism it's a weird thing because it's like okay if this all-knowing loving god has predetermined where i'm going to end up at the end of the day then why are you trying to talk me one way or the other like why are you trying to if, if God is in full control, then why are you trying to, to intercept here? And, but I don't know. He's, he's given me, he's, he's an, he is a self identified apologist and he's given me plenty of answers to that question. But, but it just, it kind of muddies the relationship. This guy was one of my best friends. It just muddies it up. I'm not trying to hate. I, I think I'm sounding too negative. Um, but also this is the last thing I think that I'll say about uh, conversion is I think that there's a sense of urgency of, of the onus being on me, the onus, the burden being on you, on the believer to not only prove our allegiance to a parent or a judge who lives up in the clouds, but also to save your loved ones and and the people that you care about. It's this, it's this weird, uh, it's a, it's a weird juxtaposition. It's, It's like, you, you want to be around your loved ones, but then also you want to, you want to earn up a bunch of points, a bunch of jewels on your crown. It's, it's just a strange energy, I think. A, a strange exchange. A strange exchange in the membrane. Um, I think that the, the incentive of saving lives and of you yourself ending up in eternal bliss versus eternal torture. I think that that exchange, the motivator, the, the 
monetized economy, which is kind of a term I'm, I'm borrowing a little bit, the idea of the economy of heaven, I'm borrowing a little bit from, um, from Caputo, but the monetized economy of the afterlife, of the jewels, of the incentive of heaven, I think is scarring. It is hard to not only decide that maybe that doesn't fully make sense, even just specifically as is expressed, but then it's even harder to forget that, that that was once a real motivator, a real economy for you. Um, I think that that hurts people. I know that that has hurt me. And I have seen that that has hurt my friends. And that's, those are facts that I, that, I, that to me, I, I can fully say fully confidently. That I, I have seen those, um, those effects. So I'll try to be a little bit more positive now. What, what redefinitions, what, rec, what reclaiming, what rec, reclamations? Is that a word? I'm, I'm using words that I don't know if they're words or not. <laughs> Strategery. <laughs> um, so what, what reclamations or, or redefinitions do I actively choose to engage with? What vocabulary can I salvage from, from this, uh, this library? What redefinition, I guess, I think I, I wrote this, yeah, I wrote this down. What redefinition can I actively choose to engage with regarding the terms specifically of heaven and hell, of the afterlife? Um, I think, and this is, Kurt and I specifically talked about this, is, is, is seeing these terms as being here and now. And maybe just to, not to water down, that sounds patronizing, but like to uh, take that down a couple notches, maybe just seeing heaven as helping and hell as hurting. Like building a heaven here and now. Um, like, like raging against hell. This is kind of anarchic. Raging against hell, protesting hell, destroying hell pushing against that um, in myself and around myself, internally and externally. And now, I debated saying this or not, but I, I am going to... Um, raging against things... This is a little bit political, and I, I, I do apologize, but like raging against things like kids in cages, um, being upset by the injustice of the fact that trans people have to like watch their back and be nervous when they go to the bathroom, when they have to relieve themselves. And I know that this sounds like it's maybe aligning with a certain political take, but I think it's just humanity. And I, I wasn't planning on saying this either, but I, but Kurt and I also went to the, uh, the democratic debate, uh, watch party here in town. And there were people like biting at each other over the silliest tiny little things. Like someone was was using their wife, like, there's a problem with the Wi-Fi in the bar, and someone was using their Wi-Fi to watch the debate on their phone because it was freezing up in the bar, and someone was like, "Um, just a, a PSA here. Uh, if you're using the Wi-Fi, that's what's slowing down the bar Wi-Fi. So like maybe we could all watch it together." And it was like that wasn't even the problem. It's like shut up, you guys. You all, sorry, I'm trying to stop saying you guys. Um, it's like, there, there are viciously gross, <laughs> repulsing things on either side. 
And guess what? You shouldn't have to be scared to go to the bathroom. You have made enough, my trans brothers and sisters, you have made enough hard choices this far. You've been through so much, cover your ears, Ava, shit. To where, there's a child in the audience for any listeners. You've been through enough stuff to where going to the freaking bathroom, you shouldn't have to have like a buddy with you so you don't get fucking jumped. And I, that's, I'm getting a little heated now. Sorry, Jeremy, I, I told you I wouldn't yell, but uh, for the levels. But um, yeah, that's not okay for for anyone. And I... I wish there was a way that I could say these things and kind of dance around the political stuff, but it does happen to align with, with more progressive thinking. And I say this too sometimes is like, I think being progressive being versus, versus being liberal, I think the, the distinction there is learning as you go. I would call myself progressive. Most people would call me liberal, but I think the, for me, the, the differentiator there is learning as we go and saying, hey, this doesn't make sense over here. This is not okay. And especially claiming to be a Christian, claiming to care for souls, claiming to love people, claiming to want the best for your fellow man, your fellow human. Under that premise, under that assumption, this does not make sense. And it sucks that we have to talk about LGBTQIA plus issues, injustices. It sucks that we have to even talk about that. And I can't wait for the day where, where a pride parade is redundant. I can't wait for the day when a pride parade is like, oh yeah, we know. Like, yeah, of course. Like, let's have a, a blue eye pride parade. Well, you know, let's have a brown eye pride parade. You know, I can't wait for the day when that is just status quo. But, but when there is an issue that needs to be addressed, that's when a, a spotlight has to be shined on that thing on that issue and that's what's happening right now and i think that a lot of that is is valid not that that thing holds more weight or is more important than the next thing but that there have been injustices that need to be equalized there are there are debts that i think that that need to be addressed um didn't plan on that rant um but i think that that um just simple things like learning to be sensitive, even, you know, using the right pronouns and things like, and I do, you know, I do this. I was raised in the South. I do this stuff. Uh, a knee jerk. I, I, I mess this stuff up, but I think that that is, that is creating heaven is that is being positive. That is helping people. That is being, being sensitive to humanity, being responsible, communicating, not being an a-hole. Um, I think that uh, if you want to, if you decide to, you can make a case for or against these issues using scriptures and using doctrines and using texts. You can search for and decide to find your argument in this diverse, the Bible in this diverse jumbled document of, you know, I, I think honestly, a lot of it is passionate and sincere, but I think a lot of it is confused. I think it's a document of confused ancient human literature that I think a lot of it is passionate and a lot of it is sincere. 
Um, and I think that either way, I think that you can approach that and decide I'm going to find an argument for this, or I'm going to find an argument against this. And I think, I think you can do that with, with any, with a crossword. You can take a, a bunch of randomized letters and be like, Oh, I found the word love in here. Aha. You know, I found the word white in here. Yes, that is truth. You know, I think, I think you can approach it and you can, you can filter it. Um, be that good or bad. I think it's, it's really just kind of a, a it's almost like a Rorschach test. You know, it's, it's like, it is it, what you choose to pull from it, what you choose to take from it, not even pull what you, what you, maybe you don't even choose. Maybe just what you happen to see reflected back at you. Like, I don't know, maybe if, if you look in a mirror and you're like, oh man, I'm gaining weight or, oh man, I'm, I got all these new pimples. Or you can look in the mirror and be like, oh man, I'm kind of cute today. Oh, my hair looks good. You know, you, whatever you see reflected back at you, I think is just, is where you're at. It's, it's a, I think a, uh, um, an amplification of whatever is, is whatever, wherever you're coming from, I think. I think that you, but I think going back to uh, using using logic as a primary filter for how we approach this text, using logic and reason and humanity and love as a primary filter for how we approach this text is freaking essential. And if someone tells you, oh, brother, but in the scripture it says that this is evil and that, that this is damnable. Being like, you know what? That doesn't make sense to me. So I'm not going to throw aside my reason for the sake of your interpretation or of, or of X person's interpretation of these words. I think that I think that being reasonable and considerate and caring is a good way to approach massive life decisions and, and deciding how you're going to interact with people. I think that's fair. I think that's, that's valid. I, I do. And I, th- I think approaching this whole Christianity thing under some sort of premise that we just be decent to other people in some sort of way that we would not mind them being decent to us Golden rule, y'all. Look out. But I think that just like being halfway decent person to where it's like, hey, if I were in your shoes, and I am often in your shoes, then then how do I want to be treated? If I wake up and realize that I need help because I don't let's let's take it down to the bare bones. If I wake up and I'm I need help because I'm vomiting everywhere. I'm physically sick. I wake up and realize that I'm in the wrong body, right? And that's I don't want to I'm really trying to get away from more liberal sounding phrases, but like I wake up and realize uh, that I like something I'm not supposed to like, or that I'm, that I'm physically sick. Let's just say that, that I'm physically ill and I need help. Would I want someone to help me out? Yeah. So if I see someone sick, maybe I'll help them out. And even just reducing that to, to logically being a, being a dick to somebody means that if they see you in need, they're, they're less likely to help you out. Just logic. It's not a karmic force, I don't think. It's not like some, um, like, good and evil, like, uh, you know, sky man judging you sort of thing. I think it's just like, hey, this guy needs to bum 10 bucks. When I asked him to give me 10 bucks, he said, oh, you know, screw you, man. Get away, you know. I, 
it's just, I think it's that simple. Um, just, yeah, let's, maybe let's just try to be decent. I did, how much time do we have? Where, where are we at right now? 35, okay. Um, I think I have actually, I'm overprepared for once, you all. Yay. Uh, I'm going to, I think, tell one more little story. Um, so recently, I'm glad you're here, Brian. Recently, Brian and I have been uh, going to some UCC events together, United Church of Christ, um, for the other podcast, probably, the, I guess, the second or, or one of one of the, the two main podcasts that I work on, The Sacred Collective. A little plug there. Check it out. Anywhere podcasts are available. Um, so, uh, the main thing that, we, that Brian's been bringing me in to talk about is, is new ways to do church, I guess what they would, they call, they have their own terminology for it. Uh, but, but yeah, it's new ways to do church. And, and I guess that this would qualify as one of those things. And to me, the importance of that is, well, number one, not being for me in a triggering environment. It does trigger me to, to hear hymns sung and to be in a church and to be greeted and to have my hand shaken by a deacon or an usher, you know, like to, I do not like that. That gives me panic attacks sometimes. The last time that I, or I guess, yeah, last Christmas, I was visiting my family and they really, really, really wanted me to go uh, to the Christmas Eve church service. And I did go, but I had the worst panic attack I've ever had in my life. Everything was sped up around me, and I, I couldn't hardly breathe. Everything was fast forward. I freaked out, and I was trying to be... I was trying to be decent to my family afterwards, like we had dinner afterwards, and I was, I was freaked out, you all. I was, I was shook. I was shaken by this experience. And it, this is a church that I used to work at as the sound person. And I, I, I know these people and I love these people, but that added to the anxiety because I could feel the question coming, how's your walk, brother? You know, how's it going? And that in that environment, those two things combined was I did not like it. It was a bad time. Um, but any, any, I, I, uh, I digress. Anyhow, um, so yeah, Brian and I have been, been talking to his church about new ways to do church and... And do, do, do Brian and I agree on everything? Theologically, no. That's fine. Do I agree with everyone in this room? Theologically, no. And that's okay. Do I agree with Jay theologically? No. But you guys, what? But you guys are like my closest friends. And the acceptance and the communication, I think, is essential. And that's why I am still engaged. Um, maybe detrimentally financially speaking. <laughs> but no, that's why I'm still engaged with, with Christianity and with, and with church is the body is the people. And I'm pitching myself, um, an, an, an easy one over the, over the center. What, what's that baseball term over the plate? Anyway, uh, here to say like, this is something that I said at, at the most recent, um, UCC. Was that a workshop, Brian, or a meeting? Is, yeah. With, a what? A journey of faith that that we went to. This is what I said, and I was I felt good about it, but maybe it was just the wrong crowd. But so I'm going to try it here. Um, but I, I told them if 
if God is Christ and Christ is the body, we are the body of Christ, then I do believe in, in God. Then I do. Because I see and I touch and I feel and I interact with and I'm helped by and I help this body. Have I seen God face to face? No. Have I woken up and he, he made me breakfast in the morning? If it's you guys, then yeah. <laughs> if it's you all, then yeah. Then I do see Christ. Then I do see the body. Then I do see God because you're sitting right in front of me and you help me and you love me and I help you and we're friends. I'm friends with God. Good news. Crack the code. That's real to me. That's something I can touch. That's something that I can feel. And I, a way, uh, this is the last thing that I'll say. I have a phone right here. Why am I asking you what the time it is? I have a phone right here. Uh, the last thing that I'll say is that when I, when I was the type of Christian that I used to be, which is changing all the time. But the type of Christian that I was talking about earlier, when I went to this Two Ways to Live program, and, and I was all about conversion and things like that. I was the worship leader of a youth group. I was a sound man, sound person for a church. Um, it was all about telling or convincing people of my perspective. About changing minds and changing lives and changing hearts. But now my engagement with church is, is asking questions. I've asked myself a lot of questions and now I want to ask other people questions. Do you, why are you here? Do you want to be here? You know, blink three times. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, like it's, if we want to keep doing this and I do, I want to keep doing Christianity. And if we want to, I think we've got to be honest with ourselves and we have to reclaim some things that are problematic and, and we have to be honest and we have to ask each other questions and be open to being wrong and to asking questions and to, to laying it out there and saying, this looks right. This doesn't look right. This feels right. Can you clarify what you did there? Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I think that us being honest with each other and stop obsessing over an eternal consequence, positive or negative is the only way that we can salvage anything from this wreckage. I think. And I want to try to do that if, you know, if, if you all do, and I think you do, so. I'm going to end it there. I think I have another, another sermon left in my, in my notes here, so that's good news. Uh, but th- yeah, this is uh, Revolution Church, Nonprofit, uh, it's time for offering because everyone, brothers and sisters, it's how you pay your way into heaven. Anyway, yeah, um, we'll have Afterglow now. Remember, little plug here. This is me being podcast man. Uh, listen to Sacred Collective and listen to Revolution Church Afterglow. That's when we we discuss as a community, as a body, as the body of Christ discusses with itself. The hand talks to the left foot about what the head said, and that's what that's what we do here. So, thanks for listening. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported one hundred percent by listeners like you. To make your one hundred percent tax deductible donation today please visit revolutionchurch.com. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. That was a post-Christian podcast.